Hello and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly, well, bi-weekly through Labor Day podcast where we cover magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nick. And we're your co-hosts. So uh, today I'm talking about, like, I think one of the most iconically summer flowers of all time, hibiscus. Love, love, love. I'm act- actually so excited about this one because I drink a lot of hibiscus. It's so good for you. And like, I was a Roxy girl shopping at Pac Sun in the aughts. So I had plenty of clothing with hibiscus flowers on it. You know it. It's it's an it's an iconic uh, flower to put on shirts. <laughs> yeah, in the color scheme of brown and pink. What a time to be alive. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> but no, this week, you guys, it is, uh, this will be coming out actually right before a little bit the beginning of Leo season. But we're doing Leos, talking about the Leos, y'all. So. Yeah, I mean, Queens. Truly. Truly, truly, truly. Uh, actually, the the celebrity list is so good for leo so i'm i am excited about this one it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one i'm not shocked but before we do that nicholas when did you feel the magic in the past couple of weeks Ooh. um well i saw an owl um okay the end we're done you win no i mean it was a good one though it was a good one though because usually i mean and i think you you probably will remember this usually what you see here in austin is um screech owls so like the little brown owls yeah the little babies little babies they're cute as hell um but you know pretty common but this one i think was a barn owl Ooh, a big boy big boy yes yes very very big and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I just, I love, I love owls. So. I mean, you know, Connie and Andy have a barn owl out on their property. Well, I mean, at least they did. That was, it's like the size of a fucking toddler. It's huge. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, they're so big. Um, I mean, I think for me, Nick, you've been getting kind of the play-by-play. My dumb little office cactus flowered, <laughs> which just like, um, I'm proud of it. I I don't know how it happened. I don't know how it's like thriving to that level, but it's so cute. Um, and I just felt like a very powerful green witch when it started doing that. So um, no, honestly, and what a great send off to cancer season, right? It's like here, have a cactus flower as you move into Leo season. Um, you'll probably notice uh, I'm very congested, so I also can't breathe, which is great. I love getting um, more flowers, but I feel like this has been like the year for my plants to flower. Like I've got my blooming office flower, my fucking Hoyas flowered on my Mm. back porch, which is like, I'm sorry, I'm an expert, apparently. (laughs) Uh, I've never been more proud of like such small flowers as I was of my Hoya flowers when they first came out. And those things smell delicious. Um, but speaking of flowers, let us talk about hibiscus. So today we're specifically talking about hibiscus stabdorifa. Um, it goes by like, of course, hibiscus, roselle, Sudanese tea, red tea, Jamaican sorrel. And it's in the Malvaceae family um, or the Mallow family. So it's native to North Africa, Southeast Asia. But honestly, like it's cultivated as a perennial all around throughout like tropical and subtropical regions and as an annual even in temperate regions. And there are hundreds of species of hibiscus, hundreds, so many, including a bunch of like ornamental garden species that have like big, beautiful flowers. But what we're talking about today is the hibiscus sabdorifa and it has like smaller, less showy blossoms, but this is the one that has like a lot of the herbalism study done around it. Like when you're buying hibiscus teas um, or especially if they're like herbal teas from like, you know, herbalism resources, they're going to be, that's, that's what species we're looking at. So the hibiscus sabdorifa flowers are a variety of flowers, but they typically range from like yellow to white to like a really light pink and it has a reddish purple center and the flowers are about four inches in diameter which if you've seen a hibiscus plant it's like yeah those are small these are like tiny little hibiscus flowers 
And then the calyx, which is like the outermost whorl of the flower, has dark red sepals that they get to be like fruit-like once the flower is done blooming. Um, and the calyx will protect this like light green ovoid fruit that's like developing and maturing. Um, the erect plant is up to eight feet tall. It has like three to seven lobed palmate leaves arranged on like branching reddish stems. And I didn't know this, but hibiscus actually grows from like a really long taproot. So they're hardy as fuck, which I think is kind of fun. Um, but the part that we're talking about when we're like making the teas, when we're talking about the herbal uses is actually like the sepals. And so those calyx, where you see the calyx or the sepals, they're harvested after the flowers bloom and the petals fall off. And once that happens, you'll see they get like thick and fleshy. And they, I mean, they're kind of like giving like rose hip almost, you know, they get like real fruity. But that's why when you see hibiscus tea, you're not looking at like leaves. It's like little dried fruit looking buddies. So how are you going to grow it? Um, most people can grow them which is the good news if you like them. They love like bright conditions. If you live in like more Northern climates, you're gonna want something in full sun. But if you're like in Austin or even here in LA and it's like intense dry heat, you think you can think of like dappled sunlight, you know, something that's maybe like in the shade of a bigger tree, something to keep that like really baking sun off of it. Um, and if you do have it in a place where it's not getting a lot of direct sun and you find that it's not blooming a bunch, you probably just need more light. And that's fine. Just like play with it. But indoor tropical hibiscus are also popular. Like you can put it near a sunny window um, or you can get like a good strong grow light. You know, I, there's all these like really cool hacks for making IKEA glass cabinets into greenhouses. And I'm like, that is perfect for a beautiful indoor hibiscus moment. Oh my so, God. No, I finally ended up on that part of TikTok and people are doing some crazy things with the glass curios from Ikea. Oh my God. I know. It's like, it's goals. I actually put one of those on my birthday list this year. I don't think I'll get it, but um, Eric's family does birthday lists just for like background information, I guess, for the podcast. I'm not some sort of princess that's like, um, this is the list of what I want for my birthday. My partner's family likes gift lists for all holidays, um, which honestly, I'm not mad about because it means they're always getting me something that I like. It's better than when we first started dating and I ended up with a fucking Vera Bradley little bag that I never carried because you've met me. So not mad. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> Put it in one of those like beautiful glass cabinets. And and if you're someone that's like moving them in and outdoors, just remember like when you go to move it out for those summer months, like spring and summer, do like a bit of a gradual acclimation. You know, it's like my pale ass can't go outside in a tube top for four hours, like the first sunny day, or I'm going to be the color of a lobster. Your plant's the same way. You gotta let it like warm up and get used to it. There are like some super hardy varieties um, that are also wetland natives. So you could even think about them for like a place near a pond. Like really, no matter what the environment is, unless you're like on one of the poles, you can probably find a hibiscus you can grow, even if it means you have to move it indoors over the winter. So a lot of them do like, you know, slightly acidic soils. You can mulch around the plant base to help with moisture retention if you're somewhere where it is drought prone. Um, if you've got nutrient-poor soil, you're going to want to amend it with some organic matter. I mean, really, for something that has, like, big showy flowers, that's almost always the case. Um, because they do, like, slightly acidic soils, one thing I saw is um, you can use, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, Nick, they're hydrangeas. I was about to say, Nick, they're your favorite flower. Um, you can actually use hydrangea. <laughs> you can use hydrangea. Um, <laughs> fertilizer uh, also on your hibiscus plants. Um, so they are thirsty plants though. And that's something to just keep in mind. Like even if you're somewhere like we are in LA, you're gonna need to water them. And if it's like really dry, they're gonna need to be watered almost daily. So this is a great opportunity for you to use that like uh, the wastewater essentially. Like, you know, again, if you're turning on your bath and waiting for the water to warm up for your shower in the morning, Stick, stick a couple of buckets in there, you know, catch that water runoff and use that to water plants like this that are like 
kind of divas, which like how appropriate to have a diva plant for our Leo episode. Um, and then once it gets into a dormant period, you're going to significantly pull back on watering. Um, for container plants, you want to make sure like the first like inch or so of the potting mix dries out before you water it again, because again, you don't want to drown them. They do still need some oxygens. Um, and then if they, if you're somewhere where it gets hot, you know, I think that especially in places like Austin, it's like, oh, we can't have any flowers. Well, it won't deal with like 118 degrees, but they will thrive up to like 90 degrees Fahrenheit. So like when it gets that hot, you know, pop a shade cloth on it. But like, I'm saying they're going to thrive up to 90 degrees. Like these are flowers that like it hot. So, you know, it's, it's good. They can handle temperatures as low as 20, but when they drop below 30 and frost is something you have to worry about, just bring the container grown plants inside. Um, but do remember they need higher humidity. So like if you are bringing it in for the winter, maybe a good bathroom window, you know, bathrooms are great for high humidity plants, like, you know, ferns and stuff too. Um, so temperatures that hit below 50 can kill tropical varieties. So just be, you know, be aware of like what type of plant you're growing. Um, you can also prune the shit out of these. So like they, like hardy hibiscus do really well with like being cut back pretty severely. <laughs> it helps like with like air circulation and can keep like weird, like mold and shit from setting up. And again, I mean, like you can cut these back aggressively. The ones in Park La Brea, they cut back to look like the dumbest shit ever. But we have like beautiful big pink hibiscus on the corner of our block again. But I shit you not, the way they cut these things back feels murderous, but mm -hmm. every year they come back and look great. So like these are ones that you can really like go at it, like take out your rage as you're pruning your hibiscus. Um, most people are going to get hibiscus propagations from cuttings. So you're looking for like new stem, like new vigorously growing stem a four to six inch piece of it keep the leaves on the top of the like on the top of the stem but remove the rest of them you can either dip the end in rooting hormone or not but then just like pot that stem up in like well-drained moist potting soil and after a couple of months you'll start having like a root system develop you can technically grow it from seeds but honestly like they take a really long time to germinate you kind of have to like babysit them and it takes like weeks for you to get even like a little seedling so like I mean, try it if you want, but like, I wouldn't fuck with it personally. And I love starting stuff from seeds. Um, do remember if you're starting it though, either from seed or even from your new cutting, like the fragile stems are gonna need a bit of careful transition time to help them harden off once you take them outside. Uh, you don't have like outdoor levels of wind in your house. So, you know, your little stem is not prepared for that and you don't want it to just like break off the first night it spends outside. Um, and don't put them in pots that are too deep. And this is, I think, a good rule of thumb for a lot of flowering plants in particular. Like you don't want the plant to be spending its energy developing a root system. You want flowers, you know? So like encourage the plant to do what you want. Um, they're not plants that are bothered by a lot of pests, but red spider mites are a huge problem, especially when humidity levels are low. We have a massive red spider mite problem in Park La Brea, which is something we're always dealing with. And it's because it's Los Angeles, but we continue to plant tropical plants. You know, what are you going to do? So herbalism. Uh, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. Nick's not a doctor. This podcast is not intended to treat or diagnose anything. Please always consult your physician before starting any new herbal regimen. So these like beautiful calluses you harvest them and then you can use them fresh or dried and they're used in things like teas tinctures syrups you can even infuse honeys with them i've seen hibiscus jam but when i saw like the idea of an infused honey i lost my goddamn mind can you imagine hibiscus infused honey and a mint tea like oh, fuck. fuck me up and that's like hibiscus tea is beloved across cultures and so they've pre it's prepared with things like cinnamon cloves nutmeg ginger lemon juice mint i love a good hibiscus cucumber vibe too like so good and hibiscus is super high in vitamin c so don't forget about it in the winter months 
but it contains like some really cool plant acids. So there's oxalic acid, malic acid, hibiscic acid, and citric acid. And that's where it gets that like super tart flavor. So that's why if you've ever had a cup of hibiscus tea, it's like, it can be sour. It can like verge on sour. And it's all those like delicious plant acids in it. But it also has like all sorts of minerals. There's iron, phosphorus, calcium, magnesium, aluminum, um, sodium, and even potassium. Like if you're someone that gets leg cramps, like move over bananas, have yourself some hibiscus tea. What a delicious alternative. Um, traditionally, hibiscus is used throughout the world as uh, refrigerants is literally what they're referred to to help cool your body down. So you've got this like sour astringent cooling nature that actually helps regulate your body's temperature and it will also help tone and cool irritated like tissue and mucous membranes um, throughout like the digestive tract in particular, which I think is one of the coolest things about hibiscus tea is it's it's not only like helping your digestive system, but it literally keeps you cool. Like it helps keep your body cooler. I just, plants are so cool. Um, <laughs> this is something they've seen a lot though, is like in particular with like overheated states and inflammation in things like your liver, your stomach, your urinary tract, your uterus. Like those are times when you're gonna have hibiscus recommended. Um, but it's also like clearing. So it can help move like stuck mucus and energies throughout your digestive system, your lungs, and even your reproductive system. Um, but because it has this super high vitamin C and antioxidant content, it does help strengthen your immune system too. And it acts as an immunostimulant to help fight off colds and infections. So I'm like, I'm campaigning to bring hibiscus tea into the winter months. Like, I'm like, why are we not drinking this every fall? It it seems like it's perfect for cold and flu season. Well, and I'm over here, like, what an incredible hot toddy. Substitute. Oh my god. Yes. I cannot even. And Nick, you'll appreciate this because you, like me, have a family history of hypertension. Hello, we're from the South. Um, they did actually a randomized double-blind study that found that drinking three cups of hibiscus tea a day lowers the blood pressure in pre- and mildly hypertensive adults. So, Good for good for people that come from families with like a history of hypertension, i.e. I think most people probably in the United States at this point. Yeah, well, and I would say, unfortunately, especially the South, we eat that good food. We do that good food that raises that blood pressure. Um, the other really cool thing that hibiscus does though is it's great for your uh, urinary system so susan weed is like a really well-respected herbalist she recommends it for the prevention of utis because it has antibacterial activity but it also can help like it has antimicrobial properties so it can help with like the actual like infections that can set up there um and you all know that i love natural remedies for bacterial infections and they did um a study testing the antimicrobial activities of hibiscus against foodborne pathogens, um, E. coli and Staphylococcus aureus. And it actually did show that hibiscus inactivated the growth of those bacteria. So again, why are we not drinking this year round? Um, because it's a diuretic though. I mean, it's honestly, I am, I'm literally, I'm on that hibiscus train. I love hibiscus and I'm like, you better believe that I'm about to be adding this to my winter like cold tea blend. Um, <clears throat> so because it is also a diuretic, which is one of the things that additionally makes it good at being like, you know, uh, good for people with high blood pressure, um, it actually can help with the excretion of uric acid from the body. And they did, they've done some studies on this and the theory behind it is that because it can help um, increase your excretion of uric acid. It could also potentially help reduce the buildup of uric acid that leads to the development of gout and kidney stones. So that's something else to think about. Um, again, always talk to your doctor, but I'm like, gout is nasty. Like gout is, uh, it's here, it's real, and it's like not comfortable for people that deal with it. I have a friend who deals with issues with gout. 
Um, so hibiscus tea, again, it's also finally everyone that has a uterus. Uh, it's an ally for that reproductive system. So it can help balance the hormones, but the astringent nature can also assist with like regulating menstrual flow, in particular, if you're someone who deals with excessive bleeding and it's antispasmodic to help relieve menstrual cramps. So like, you know, it's going to help lighten the bleed and help soothe your cramps. And it's tastier than raspberry leaf. I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. I'm just saying it. I love ra raspberry leaf for my, for my uterus, but you best believe I'm going to be trying hibiscus next month and seeing how it goes, because I would always rather drink a cup of hibiscus tea. Just always. Um, so now let's talk about some magic. These flowers, Nick, this is going to shock you. They're associated with Venus and Aphrodite. What? Not, not the pink flowers. Not the giant pink flowers, but also Kali, which I loved. I was like, okay, come through. Um, it's ruled by the planet Venus and the water element, astrologically most often associated with Aquarius and Scorpio. And of course, you might be like, well, why are we talking about this in the Leo episode? Well, fuck you, because they're used in love and lust magic and they're big pink flowers that bloom in the summer. I'm sorry. You're going to fight me on that? No, <laughs> you're not. Um, I see, I've seen a lot of like recommendations to actually burn hibiscus as incense in the bedroom to increase that sexy time passion. I also love the idea of using like, if you're getting married in the summertime, using hibiscus flowers like in your wedding decor with all that like really strong association with love and lust because they're beautiful. They're like statement showy pieces. And then there's the magical vibe. Um, but they're also suggested for psychic dreams and development. So you best believe you can put some of the dried flowers under your pillow for prophetic dreams. We have to. We have to tell you this. Um, but I've also seen some people do really cool, like, uh, like tea reading, like reading of, like, tea leaves with um, hibiscus. So there are some hibiscus where, like, you'll see, like, the leaves. Um, not the leaves, like the dried flowers themselves in the tea blends and doing like, I think, especially readings around love with a hibiscus tea. Like how cute is that? Doing a little tea, tea reading with hibiscus flowers. I just, I'm obsessed. She's beautiful. She's delicious. Um, my sources today, I used herbarium. I used gardening notes. I used a shit ton of random websites on the internet related to selling of herbs, um, Reddit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, love that. I, I actually have a few things I'm going to throw in there just for S's and G's. Um, for everyone that lives in, well, pretty much anywhere in America these days, um, the Florida Jamaica. Agua fresca is hibiscus tea. Oh, yum. So I just, you know, for for anyone out there, that is an incredibly um, economical way to try hibiscus if you have not done that yet. Um, also, yeah, uh, they call it Florida Jamaica, which is spelled like Jamaica, because that's where oh. it's that's where it's from. Um, also. Um, because I worked at a tea shop for eight years, I will say that really good things to put with hibiscus are um, lemongrass. Oh, yeah. Um, blood orange. Oh, I'm like, my mouth is just watering. And we used to do this one um, called summer strawberry that was literally just dried strawberries um, with a little bit of orange peel and hibiscus. Oh. And, and, you know, it's like my my palate knows that, like, tart, astringent quality. Like, my mouth is just full of water. Like, my mouth is full on watering just thinking about drinking hibiscus tea. And honestly, as someone who doesn't drink anymore, I find that hibiscus tea can kind of scratch that wine itch. Mm. Well, also, uh, we used to do Arnold Palmer's with hibiscus. And oh. that's that's incredible, too. We called it a Laura Palmer because it looks like blood. Oh my God. Um, I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> I did not know this. And I am, uh, wow. 
wrapped in plastic. Um, so yeah, the just just oh also I did want to say there is um a varietal of hibiscus known as Rose of Sharon, and my grandma, who was named Sharon, um grew it in her yard. So as is appropriate. So honestly. shout out to Mama. Always uh, shout out to Mama. Big big shout out to Mama. Um so yeah, Leo. <laughs> Leo, casual. Leo, Leo, Leo. Um, would you be surprised to find out that Leonardo DiCaprio is not a Leo? No, I would not. Only because I've met him. I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. Um, but when you look up uh, famous Leos, it's is funny. It like not Leonardo it's... DiCaprio. No, no, no. Because it's funny because everyone else is under the sign Leo, but they include Leonardo DiCaprio on the list because he's technically a famous Leo. Um, <laughs> Sometimes the internet, you're too literal. No, it's so good, though. Um, so let's talk about Leos. So first of all, Leo is ruled by the planet known as the sun. Oh, have you heard of her? Have you heard of the sun? <laughs> um, they are also ruled by the um, the crown chakra. Surprising, uh, probably no one. Um, because of, <laughs> yeah, because it... I was gonna say, just say less, you know? No, truly, truly, truly. Um, and then, you know, the part as far as the part of the body, they've got the heart and sort of the upper back. Mm. Um, so this is probably gonna be one of the most slanderous, I will say. <laughs> um it's I, it's gonna be one of the more slanderous uh zodiac segments because I'm I just have to be so frank. I do not vibe with Leo. And like, yeah. I think that's, I think it's like, because I'm an Aries, I, you know, I mean, I have Aries in my chart. I have Sagittarius in my chart. I don't have Leo anywhere in my chart. And I think, well, you know. Yeah, I and think, I, I, have, think, uh, <laughs> I have Mercury, Venus, and Jupiter in Leo. <laughs> um, Which is funny because... Yeah, it's like, but of course my best friend has all the Leo. But I do love my favorite thing that Nick has ever said to me, and this is how I always describe it to people, is that like my little Leo stellium is what gives me frat boy energy. Oh, you know what? That is like, it is kind of giving frat boy energy. Um, yeah. And I do love frat boys. But we always, for these segments are doing um famous members of the zodiac sign and this one really does show off some great range for the leos so the number one most famous leo according to um on this uh top, top 100 most famous leos uh napoleon which wow <laughs> Um, but also, okay, coming in at number three, though, Coco Chanel. Ooh, okay, okay. The aesthetic now, is iconic. The aesthetic is iconic. Um, Amelia Earhart. Ooh, things could have ended better for her, but she things, was bold. But she was bold, and I mean, honestly, I feel like that was one of the first sort of, like, worldwide news, you know? Yeah. Um, which, you know, it, it really is attention grab. It's attention-seeking behavior. Oh, I mean, to the nth degree. To the nth degree. Um, Barack Obama is a Leo. I could see that. I, but now that you say it, though, I'm like, oh my god, of course. Of course, of course. Um, Fidel Castro also was a Leo. Man, we're really like 
there's some heavy hitters in global leadership. Um, Whitney Houston. Holy shit. Whitney Houston. Dustin Hoffman. Okay. Um, Usain Bolt. World's fastest man. It's just so big. It's all so big. So big. George Bernard Shaw. Holy shit. Right, right. Um, Erwin Schrodinger of Schrodinger's Cat fame. Wow. It's like a lot of people that you just talk about all the time. Right, right, right. Um, Henry Ford. What the fuck? Henry Model T Ford. I feel like this is like the most like huge historical figures we've had. Um, Franz Josef the First, who was apparently the king of Prussia or some shit. Oh I wait, mean, sounds impressive. So wait, 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 Madonna. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, Madonna. Wow. Madonna. Madonna. A bigger person and smaller arms has never existed in one package <laughs> before her. Um, okay, this one was not surprising to me at all. Bill Clinton is a Leo. Oh my god, I'm not shocked. Speaking of frat boy energy. <laughs> um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a Leo. Alfred Hitchcock was a Leo. Okay, that was a little surprising. I love that. Um, of course, Kylie Jenner is a Leo. Although, you know, now that I think about it with Hitchcock, I feel like I've watched a little bit of Hitchcock Presents with Eric, and the intros he does definitely uh, give that Leo. It's, it's, it, it's a big personality. Yeah. Very big personality. Speaking of a very big personality, Lucille Ball. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Lucille Ball. Also, um, Estelle Getty. Speaking of Mama. Right. Um, oh, I just have to say, I just looked it up, and I do have to say, Alfred Hitchcock maybe has my favorite sun-moon combo. Sun and Leo, moon and Scorpio. Oh, that's such a, like, horror movie producer. Yeah, I'm like, I want to watch every horror film ever made by anyone with a sun and Leo and a moon and Scorpio. Write in if you are that person, please. <laughs> um, okay, Jackie Kennedy Onassis. What? Okay, so like, is this the politician's sign? Well, that's the whole thing about the crown chakra and the lion. The lion is the symbol of kings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. But I will say, you know, there's there's some pretty good evidence here that maybe that's not the worst idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they already think that they are in charge. So why not just let them be in charge? I mean, when you're right, you're right. Also, Andy Warhol. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, surprising no one. Andy Warhol was a Leo. Um, Sean Mendez is a Leo. Robert De Niro's a Leo. Charlize Theron is a fucking Leo. Joe Rogan's a Leo. All right, yeah, let's talk about some of these problematic Leos because Joe Rogan, very problematic. I fucking said it, okay? I mean, honestly, I'd say every American politician on that list is at least somewhat problematic. Um, J.K. Think, Ro J.K. Rowling is a Leo. I, oh, fuck her. But Fucking I think this is Joanne's where, a Leo. where we have to talk about, like, Leo being a fixed sign. Because mm. I think that's where Leo, when it's problematic, digs in. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, here, here's what I think, too. Holly Selassie was a Leo, and that was actually one of the ones where I kind of wanted to zero in on that. Because Holly Selassie uh, was the emperor of Ethiopia 
for 44 years and was considered at one time to possibly be the richest man on earth. Ugh. Um, and the Rastafarian religion um, believes that Haile Selassie was the Messiah. Jesus. So, and he, and he never, he never denied it, you know? Yeah. I mean. Because of, because of course, Leos have that ego. Well, yeah, I was about to say, egomaniacal, domineering, a bit self-obsessed. These are like the shadows of the gregarious Leo. And we all know a Leo like that. You and I know my friend in college, the Leo who tripped on DMT and when they saw the cute little like gnomes, they were worshiping him instead uh -huh. of the other way around. And if that's right, not the most fucking right, Leo right. thing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I just want to, I, I, Mae West. The, man, this is quite the like pendulum. Swing but, okay. from one extreme to the other. But also, I wanted to save this one for towards the end. Clara Bow. Who I was once described as having a similar haircut to in college. Oh gosh, I'm looking at the picture now. I could see it. I yeah. could see it. Oh yeah, I mean, she's truly an icon. Truly um, an icon. But I think this is also a very Leo narrative. Because Clara Bow got her fame... For being in a movie called It, not the one about the clown. Uh, it's a silent movie about a cheeky shop girl. Yeah, the girl with the it factor. I actually watched this in one of my American Studies classes. And um, because of her role in that movie, they coined the phrase it girl to talk yep. about her. Um, and to this day, when you know someone is having a lot of attention on page six, they are considered an it girl. Yeah. Which is very, very, very Leo kind of vibes, is it not? Oh, such Leo vibes. Um, because they do feel that need to be the center of attention, uh, much like the sun is is the center of our solar system. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, I think... There is something about all of these people, which is this sort of very striking good looks, you know? Yes. Yes. Like, all these people are fucking gorgeous. Like, Roger Federer is a very good looking man. Yeah. I feel like it's like some beautiful people, but there's also often like a good amount of tragedy in there. Oh yeah, no, a lot of lot of tragic backstories, for sure. Well, and you know, I mean, a lot of them have cancer placements. Yeah, that is the danger of that birth period. A lot of them have cancer placements. Stanley Kubrick, fucking Leo. Yeah. Uh, you know. A lot of shit going on in his life. Um, but no, so so Leo does have this, this sort of pathological need to be the center of attention. Um, I think really all fire signs kind of have that, but they really um, take the cake. Yeah. Yeah. For the... And for, for what it's worth, I mean, I get it. I think attention can be very intoxicating. But I was thinking, you know, kind of looking at Aquarius as more of their shadow side. Um, you know, Aquarius is okay with sticking out. Whereas I think Leo uh, kind of wants to win a popularity contest. And that can yeah. be dangerous because then, you know, what is, what is your, you know, what are your values? Yeah. And what are you willing to give up to be well-liked? What are you willing to give up to be well-liked? Um, you know, is there a limit? And I think that's, you know, that's really something 
that Leos do do kind of need to work on because it's not even just about being the center of attention. It's about being liked, and that's great and all, but um, that that can lead to some dangerous stuff. Yeah, like lying. I I have to say, the biggest liars I have ever known often have a lot of Leo or are Leos. And I mean. Yes, exactly. And they would probably think it's, you know, not immoral because they just want people to like them. They don't want to have to give people bad news or, you know, say the wrong thing. But, uh, you know, and that's why um, almost unanimously they say the best match for Leo is Libra. Uh, yeah, because two people have never loved themselves while also tolerating others more. <laughs> oh, but, you know, real people pleasers. Yep. Real, real people pleasers that also really feel themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, you know, they would throw fun parties. Yeah. I mean, shit, my, one of my best friends in college was a Leo, and we got up to a lot of shenanigans. But it was also the most shallow multi-year friendship I've ever had in my life. Oh, truly, truly, truly. Well, and then at the end, you almost kind of, um, you know, end up with, uh, do I know this person? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how do I, how have I known this person for 10 years and feel like I couldn't tell you anything substantive about them? Leo's. No. Leo's. <laughs> um, so I did do a little bit of, um, a drawing for Leos, a little tarot reading for them. Um, so I guess I'll do that. Now, actually, I thought this was very interesting, and I know that this was going to be a bit slanderous, but I didn't, you know, I you just have to say I didn't intentionally get a negative drawing. I was hoping to get, you know, something nice to kind of balance out all of the Leo slander that is going on. Um, but I didn't. So, <laughs> so that's what we're working with. Um, so to start off, we have the star reversed. Oh. Um, which would, you know, is kind of saying that maybe these Leos are feeling completely sort of uninspired. Um, and this can especially be in a, uh, a romance or a relationship. Hmm. Um, so then, you know, I'm kind of like, well, I don't want to leave it there. So let me draw another card. And then I got the eight of cups, which is, uh, definitely it, the energy is abandonment. So I would so say y'all need to work on some relationship stuff. Apparently y'all need to work on some relationship stuff, apparently, or you're just over it and you're the one doing the abandoning. What a Leo abandoning always actually. Always. No, and that's literally why I was like, oh, this is so slanderous, but this is such hot and spicy tea because that's literally something I feel like a Leo would do. Okay, but also can I just like real talk moment? My Venus is in Leo. Um, Nick, do you know, and you can vouch, I have had very, 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 very few long-term relationships. But I have had so many flings. And I'm like, that's such a Leo thing because I would get bored mm -hmm. and then be done. And I'm and like, then and it be is done. It's one of my toxic traits that I grew out of through therapy. But I'm like, yeah, that's that's some Venus Leo shit right there. But uh, you know, just to kind of round it out on a more positive note, um, we have the Page of Wands, which is Aww. kind of which is kind of giving like Phoenix energy. So you know whatever's going on with this relationship, you know that's got you ready to um, do some abandoning. Uh, I, I think it kind of gets you back into your groove. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe we're looking at a how Stella got her groove back situation. Ooh. Which yeah could be could be really fun for you guys. So um, sorry sorry about whatever is going on. Hope 
And, you know, I feel like if it's any consolation, I, you know, I hope you are the one doing the abandoning, not the uh, abandonee, not being the abandoned person. <laughs> wow. What a mixed bag. What a mixed bag. But no, I do feel like, you know, just to just to hype them up a little bit, I do feel like the Leos that I have enjoyed spending time with, um, there definitely is a, a, a real it girl kind of factor, though, you know, where it's just like when you're in the warm sort of ambiance of, of a Leo, like you really there is something really special about that. Yeah, yeah, like you said, it is, it's like, it's like feeling their sun shining on you is very nice. But then they, they know how to also take it away abruptly, so. Mm-hmm, and they weaponize it, they can weaponize it. Yeah. Because I do have to be honest, you know, a lot of Leos, to me, have the energy that everyone talks about with Scorpios, and I, I, I actually like Scorpios. So sometimes I'm like, all this all the shit that they talk about Scorpios. Leos are out here actually living that life. And you know, I'm but they, I'm just they trick you into thinking it's not that because they're so outgoing. And like, how could you ever think something bad about this sweet little party animal? No, truly, truly, truly. Um but yeah, I so I feel like, you know, we're trying to give everyone jobs in the coven. And listen, what I think the Leos are bringing to the table is a flair for the dramatic. You oh, know, yeah. as an Aries, I would not put the Leos in charge personally. Um, but they can be in charge of pageantry and drama. Yeah, I'm like, this is... This is the person who's in charge of like designing your ritual magic, like your your entire ritual around it. You know, very like big flowing outfits, robes, and all of the fun, bizarre shit that gets into like doing long, uh, very dramatic rituals. I'm just thinking of like um, the Golden Dawn vibes. Oh, Golden Dawn feeling. vibes, absolutely. The pageantry. Exactly. Because, because yeah. that's that's something that the Christians are head and shoulders ahead of us on. Uh, is, yeah. is is the pageantry. Have you been to mass? Oh yeah. So I feel like Leo could really bring something to the table there with 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 I mean, and honestly, I've seen a Leo in a kitchen. Y'all are not the kitchen witches. I'm so sorry. No. To because Leos like to like to chef it up and like show off how like good they can cut, right? Oh my god, like the one time that this Leo from college was like, um, crepes are my thing. I'm gonna make crepes, proceeded to not do a good job. But I was like, of course. You're cooking one time and you want to make fucking crepes. Right, 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 right. Um But can we talk about that particular friend? Um, would also fully be eating at our house for free and still critique the food. Yes! Uh, Which yes. always, always, always rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, listen, my brother in Christ. Um, <laughs> this was free 99. It was free 99. And if you think the Dankaroni has too much cheese in it, then you have missed the point of Dankaroni entirely. Yeah, there's no such thing as too much cheese and dank around. Like, does not compute. Does not compute. Um, so, yeah. Do you have anything with your little Leo Stellium that you would like to add here? No, I mean, I think that... I mean, I have my Venus and Leo, which I think definitely, as a young person caused a lot of problems. Venus was also, I like Venus is also retrograde in my chart. So I think that I've, I've grown into it. Um, one of my, oh, and I do have to say my- Which Venus, actually, which actually just to tell you, that is the position that Venus is in right now, retrograde in Leo. 
Yeah, so. it's it's my Leo. But my Venus in Leo is also in my seventh house. I have um I have a very full seventh house, which I feel like is also kind of Leo energy. Um like my Leo house has so many placements because my DC is also there. I so much. My descendants also in Leo. Um <laughs> So anyway, but I was also going to say, I think that it's interesting because for me, it's like, I have such a full seventh house, but my ascendant is an Aquarius, of course, right? Because like your seventh house is opposite your first house. So that like Aquarius Leo line, I feel like is very important in my chart and what a strange combination, but there's a lot more Leo in my chart than Aquarius. So sometimes I'm kind of full of myself and an asshole. And this is the Leo Virgo conundrum is I both think that I'm the greatest person in the world and also a piece of shit. <laughs> um, and they're both always true. <laughs> oh man. No, the Leo Virgo combo. I mean, honestly, I would say I'd rather be a Leo Virgo than a Leo cancer. That oh, just God, sounds, yeah. that just sounds awful. Yes. Uh, yes. And I do think that like, I, I have to say, I think having my Mercury in Leo is why I've been able to make such a strong career as a fundraiser, because that is like the thing, right? Like, I feel like I'm really good at spinning a yarn for people. Oh, absolutely. Um, I Yeah, I think I feel like there's definitely a, a natural salesman in Leo. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. It's like all you're doing is like doing that that upgrade pitch constantly. Okay, like I understand that every American politician is problematic in their own beautiful and unique ways, but Barack Obama, I, fucking sell me on some truly awful shit. Like, I mean, honestly, if we go back in time, Clinton in the '90s. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I saw Clinton do a talk at the LBJ Center um, at some, it was like the 50th anniversary of the LB, L, LBJ Center at UT Austin. And I got to go see Clinton speak. Like I won, um, I won a raffle to get to go see, you know, President Bill Clinton give a talk. And even in like, I think it was like 2012, 2013, despite knowing how problematic he was, was still one of the most compelling speeches I have ever watched. I'm like, this guy. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. You know, I, but yeah, literally, Barack Obama could sell me my own shirt back to me. I'm like, and I'd convinced. pay double. And I'd pay double. I'd pay double. <laughs> um, for hope and change. Okay. Yes. Thanks, Shepard. Although <laughs> some of his best work. Shepard Ferry is, is a solid dude. Absolute. No, I, I honestly I was into it. At the time, I mean We all were. We all fucking were. Um but all of that to say, that's Leo's. Um I do I did have a, a couple of QWPs this week just to round out the episode. Yeah, um, I'm so pumped. So, okay, I I feel like, you know, if anyone's curious, you can send a DM, but there's a cult that we are always going after because um, I've had some friends that are personally victimized uh, by these people. And honestly, I feel like they give the witchy community an incredibly bad name, um, but they are also very litigious and have a lot of money uh, it, in a legal team. So... I'm not going to say who, but this particular cult um, is trying to open a children's summer camp outside of Austin. Barf. Barf. Um, and I am, I'm honestly, I'm opposed to any kind of religious camp. Like, truly. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm just, like, not into indoctrination. And, like, I just think it's so, it's just so cringy to just be so baldly going after like literal kids to try to get them while they're young you know yeah i mean it's like scientology does that shit it's like the number of actors that you know nowadays that are 
Scientologists, look it up. I guarantee you at least half of them were raised in it because they're from mm, LA. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. It's gross. It's it's really gross. Um, and all of that to say they're they're just awful. Um don't don't fucking send your kids to Crystal Healing Camp. No. No, don't send your kids to some weird like weird religious camp. Let them go fucking be bad at archery like normal children. Truly, truly, truly. Because not only is that probably cheaper, because all of this shit costs so much money. Like, oh my god, yeah. It's literally if you look into how much their just their basic like initiation classes are, it's like two grand for like less than a day's worth of seminars. God, that's so gross. Like it is absolutely cuckoo lulu, and it's eighty thousand to go do the big one in Japan. Jesus fuck. Um, which, which is a hint as to who they are. Um, but I'll, I will leave that there. Um, <laughs> but all, all of that to say, and then the other one though, and this one, I, I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear your opinion. Ooh, you um, know I got them. I, I know you do. I know you do. You are a Virgo, so you are my you are my opinion queen. Um, so he, hear me out. So there's this person on TikTok. I'm also not going to say their name because it, it's a bad take. You know, I don't want you know. It's not helpful. It's not helpful. Them. It's not helpful to drag them. We're we're well. I am kind of dragging him anonymously. Yeah, anonymous dragage is fine. So maybe will people who know who I'm talking about, and maybe they won't, but there's this guy on TikTok who does um, past life regression seminar thingies. Um, and he's always kind of like trying to sell, you know, these these like Zoom packages to do past life regressions, right? And that's all well and good. Although, you know, um, I, I'm not sure about past life regression. I just have uh, to say, I've never seen anyone do it or give or heard about a reading that is any way compelling to me. Well, and it's also, it kind of gets into the realm of like the people who are opening the summer camp who shall re remain nameless are always trying to convince people that they were like a princess of Atlantis or some shit. Yeah, I also hate the idea that you see in the past life regression shit about soul contracts, because I'm just like, can we not talk about how we can normalize like the trauma that people go through, like with abusive families and stuff being like, oh, you have a soul contract with your mother. It's like, no, this person had a horrible childhood with an abusive parent. Their oh, soul didn't choose that, you psychos. Well, and then also, okay, so one of this guy's awful, awful, awful takes is that people with birth defects are have chosen have chosen prior to being in this life to live a life with a birth defect so that they can quote unquote level up faster that's disgusting which is yeah 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 and then um one of the things he was saying which really just made me be like oh this is absolute bullshit was that if you do the like past life regression and you don't see anything or you know you don't have the experience um basically what he was saying was that you're a background character fuck him and i was just like so so what people pay you money and then don't have and then they and then, then if they don't have the experience that they're paying for it's their fault it's their fault got it got it got it fuck this guy but no 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 and it's like he literally always has like the bit you know it's like the the big fake smile right yep the big fake smile that's sort of like the fake spiritual people always have and he's like i would say classically handsome but like like shark eyes 
Oh, yeah, those cold, dead eyeballs. The cold, dead eyeballs. Um, And yeah, honestly, like saying that people who don't buy in or don't experience anything on your very expensive Zoom past life regression are back, cosmic background characters. Yeah, fuck you. Truly, truly, truly. Because when somebody comes back from that and they're like, yeah, I used to be the queen of Egypt and all of this crazy shit. And it's like, girl, you work at a restaurant. What are you talking about? Like, you are not Cleopatra. <laughs> be here now, sweetie. Be here now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all of that to say, yeah, QWPs this week. Um I yeah I think the the reading for Leo is this week's tarot scope. Um, yeah 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 yeah. You drew three cards for that. I did. I because it was just all neggy. <laughs> Nick was like, I don't want to come off as that bitch, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the tea. That's the tea. You don't make the rules. You just report. I'm just reporting. So, um, what do we say to all of our hibiscus-sipping Leo bitches? Oh, to all of our hibiscus-sipping lions, we say blessed be bitches. Blessed be bitches. Goodbye. Bye now. I mean, look, it's overrated. Um, we're going into a fire season from a water season it's not airtime calm no, down absolutely not yeah who needs to breathe no breathing till libra season <laughs> no breathing till libra season uh hold your <laughs> breath everyone yeah fucking good luck <laughs> <laughs>